0: You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi.
1: Hello and welcome to Orange County's longest running business talk show. And yes, I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our guest today is Nicholas Irizarry. He is the CEO of Align Wealth Advisors. Nicholas, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate Let's, it.
1: As a fellow Orange County entrepreneur, I wonder if you could take us back in time, Nicholas, to what the original inspiration or maybe your motivation to start your own wealth advisory firm. You
0: know, I had to think back when I when you asked me that question, uh, I started on Wall Street in the 80s, and it was uh, just like the Wolf of Wall Street and I I didn't like it. I felt like clients were underserved in that environment, and I had a burning desire, and I mean it, a burning desire out of uh, frustration to start serving clients in a unique and different way, unlike what was being provided at the time. So in the late 80s, I decided to open my own firm.
1: And you started on Wall Street, is that figuratively or physically you started? Physically, I was
0: on, uh, if anyone's familiar with uh, Wall Street, perpendicular to Wall Street is a street called gold street i actually started on gold street first and when i was my late 30s 37 and moved to wall street and traded on the institutional side for a while and then i was serving ultra high net worth clients actually institutions and i decided i want to bring that to my clients i want to bring that kind of red carpet service Mm -hmm. you know what i mean
1: Mm -hmm.
0: to uh to my clients so you're in orange county now now i'm in orange county so i moved uh, to washington dc served Mostly military, CIA, FBI, Marines, and uh, what we call Beltway bandits—folks that uh, have <laughs> retired from those 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 careers and started their own firms to serve the government. And then uh, 13 years ago, I moved here to California.
1: Okay, so I have to know, without getting too personal, how did you decide to relocate to Southern California and Orange County in particular?
0: That's funny, great question, Rick. Thank you. My my two daughters had graduated uh, from East Coast schools, and they uh, moved to Huntington Beach. And they said, oh. dad, come visit. My son and I went out to Huntington Beach and we candidly after that, we wanted to move here. So we, we came and, and now we live here. And my, my oldest daughter is 39 now. And she has a, uh, the number one HGTV show actually. Really? Yeah.
1: Well, congratulations to her for that. We should have her, is she, we should have her on the show. Talk she's about
0: not her. And she's Orange County. She's yeah,
1: super special. Thank you. So, you started out on your own. How long did it take you, Nicholas, until you felt, okay, this burning desire that I have is actually meeting with client success, and I've got a scalable wealth advisory firm here.
0: So I reached a tipping point when I was uh, 39. Uh, I started in the industry when I was 37. So it took me two years to ramp up and get the courage to say, you know what, if my, if these companies want to fly me all over the country and put me up at the Ritz-Carlton to teach other advisors... And maybe I should think I'm good enough to serve my clients on my own. So I partnered with someone and we both took off when I was 39 to, to start our own firm. And that's how we got started. And it took a lot of courage because we need to have the tools, the resources, the money, of course, to back us up. But primarily the relationships we had our, with our clients is what enabled us to, to go ahead and, and go out on our own.
1: So I'm curious, the value proposition for our line Wealth Advisors, the What you saw that wasn't being done, what you wanted to do differently. Can you share kind of your business philosophy and the model of your advisory?
0: Sure. What I noticed, and Rick, you may not seem like this, but back then it was clients that were like, oh gosh, anywhere from $100,000 to a million dollars, they were underserved in the marketplace. A million dollars back then was a million dollars. You know, if you were a millionaire, (laughs) that was big. Today, it's around 500,000 to 5 million. Those clients, in, in my opinion, are still underserved in the marketplace uh, with larger firms. So I knew if I branched out of my own boutique firm, I'd be able to serve those folks like our 100 million, 150 million dollar clients were getting. I wanted to serve them the same way. And this kind of services, red carpet, white glove type of services go beyond just asset management, just beyond stock and bond picking. We get back. We get into lifestyle planning. We get into reframing one's outlook after they've gone through some sort of change in their life. Uh, we we help them through those times, and it's usually financial and psychological.
1: You read my mind because uh, having had other th- from your field on the show, what I have learned is this is as much about technical skill as it's about people skills, bedside manner and the people's relationship with wealth or money. It's so different across the board. There must be a large element of what
0: you do, which is sort of psychologist as well. Yes, absolutely. Rick, uh, my background in education is uh, from Princeton. I was a uh, major in psychology branched off into sociology and music just for my own interests. But psychology is the root of my education. Coming out into the financial world, I realized that, uh, yeah, I took more, I went back to college for finance, but I realized that finance was limited, very limited, one-dimensional, actually, analytical, alphas, betas, returns, metrics, indexes. But that didn't really have anything to do with my clients. That was all about what we wanted to tout and what we wanted to know about. My clients really wanted and needed uh, a more of a people centric, now we call it people first mm-hmm. mentality. Uh, most of my clients really just want to live a better life, a better quality of life, whether it be peace of mind, not worrying and stressing and being in anguish over the money, or just making sure someone's on top of it, who's their go to. And that's where I, I ended up being by default, candidly. So uh, back in, oh gosh, 10 years ago, 2000, uh, let's see, 2013, I went back to school, back to college and now i'm one of the most how do i say newest pioneers in the area of behavioral finance my degree and my 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 certification is in behavioral finance which really deals with the psyche of individuals around money and of course around lifestyle planning
1: i didn't even realize there was such a discipline as behavioral it makes it makes sense i'm glad to see that the that the, the educational academia is responding to this because i imagine uh, that that's built into the DNA of your firm now. What you have learned and what you're practicing as well. Very much so. Thank not you. Not only not only for you, but possibly other people on your team.
0: Yeah. So I, I have you know my own team of folks that work for me. I have an in-house attorney and so forth. What the mantra here is, of course, people first. But we realize what we're doing, and we want our clients to realize it. So the messaging is really about look now that you've given off this responsibility to us, you trust me, you trust us. And we have mm, outsourced, if you want to call it outsourcing, we've we've managed to find really great solutions for our clients, wholesale, institutional, very disciplined, no commissions, no sales charges. Once we put that out of the way and we create a really good financial plan, that arises, it creates a vacuum. Uh, and I, I, I know I've shared this with folks in the past a vacuum is if you have a vacuum cleaner on the floor what it's doing is it's pulling air away from a space uh, via a, a mechanism and when that air is pulled it actually pulls debris off the, the surface in a vacuum in my context it's where okay we've taken off the shelf uh you're worrying your anger or anguish about money and now what Now we've got this space, which you've been working for and striving towards and disciplining yourself for and skimping for candidly. Now, what are you going to do with your life? So Mm -hmm. we enter into a whole transformational relationship with our clients where I've got to help them reframe and build a new life around their money and, and new perspectives around their money, perhaps enjoying it. With, of, of all things
1: yeah. <laughs> imagine that yeah imagine
0: that
1: right what a foreign concept yeah <laughs> i i think it's yeah it sounds great nicholas and it's probably more difficult than it sounds <laughs> to change people's attitudes and ingrained behaviors that they bring to you and so this advanced training that you've been through must really pay dividends uh-huh. Play on words, but yeah. must really have an opportunity for advantage with your clients because you're skilled and knowledgeable and and how to maybe reframe issues and opportunities for your members, your clients.
0: You said it better than I did, absolutely. And use the word dividends, absolutely. We use the word values. Uh, we have, you know, monetary value, money. Uh, I want to look further than that, of course. And we look at heartfelt values, family values. You know, what is your value in the community? What is your value in this world? And candidly, it changes and shifts gears when people go through something. And, oh gosh, the vast majority of the time when I meet someone, they've gone through a divorce, they've gone through losing a loved one, now they're a widow or a widower. They just lost a job, they just got a new job, they just sold their business, they just bought a business, they just sold a house, they just bought a house, they just lost a child. (laughs) And all of these things have some sort of financial implication. And candidly, the way we're hardwired, we're not geared especially with our paradigms around money we're not really geared to make smart financial decisions at that time in our life and we're emotionally charged from these changes in our life right so aside from getting all that stuff done making sure the financial stuff is taken care of in a smart disciplined way now once again we've got to rebuild and it is very very challenging because you've got to unwind and retrain some folks understanding and model of money and how what it means to them generally it means something painful
1: So uh, this is such an interesting conversation. I have to ask one more question before we move on to some other things that I want to talk to you about, Nicholas. Thank you for sharing your expertise here with me today. And that is that when you, I would assume and tell me if this is at all accurate, that many of your clients have built this wealth through their own efforts, but yet now they have children who may to some degree think it's sort of the normal way that you live because they've enjoyed the benefits of what their parents have built there have to there has to be a different sensibility to what wealth means between those two generations as
0: well oh my gosh so the education training relationship building to help build efficacy and quality to having a child even listen to us and understand what we're messaging is all about what you just said so if someone skipped saved and, and again sacrificed for the, the sake of their family and now the family uh, we see it all the time. It, uh, the, the, the the children, with all due respect, are now inheriting the assets or going and moving into the business or having some degree of payback from all the pain and, and sacrifice that their parents have made. It requires a, a lot of soul searching to help the children understand what that really means. And so, not just to, to both go out and buy a new Ferrari, uh, that may not be the right solution, you know. Uh, of all inheritances are spent within the first six months. Wow. 90% of inheritances are spent within the first six months. So we've got to help retrain, again, reframe. uh, I don't want to say manipulate, but help to persuade and help educate about what money would mean to them. Uh, Like you said, the the value systems around it are different. And perhaps uh, it would take some education and understanding about what that money is going to be used for going forward
1: that's a heck of a statistic it's you know wealth is fungible i mean you you can inherit it but in a, in in less than a year you can put it all away in, in depreciating assets and lifestyle choices and it, it's unfortunate to to think that is the case but i'm i'm glad that there's a, a firm such as yours that is trying to help m- mitigate those those statistics i'm i'm wondering as you've come up through your maturation as an entrepreneur and a wealth advisor have you ever been given a piece of business advice that you kind of found foundational that you're building on and maybe that you're sharing? And if so, could you share that with my audience today, Nicholas?
0: Thanks, Rick. I, I think about this all the time. We, myself, I view myself as a servant. And what I mean by that is I work for my client. I, I don't have a corporate agenda, which, by the way, was very frustrating when I worked for the big firms. I was the first vice president of investments for the largest bank in the world. And we had a corporate agenda and it was in my face every morning, every conference, every meeting we had was all about them, all about the corporation. Mm -hmm. What I realized is that there is no longer going to be that kind of relationship with myself and my clients. I serve not a corporation. I serve my client. And so my clients are basically my boss. And what I do really is just mirror back to my clients what they want to accomplish. And believe it or not, most of the findings that I have with my clients in the relationships that I develop with them. Are, it takes a while to bring that out and to have my client trust me enough to say, hey, Nick, this is what I'm really looking for. The answers are kind of buried beneath the outer surface. And uh, that's been a real big challenge for me. But be a servant. That's my mantra.
1: That's excellent. You know, I, um, you probably know this phenomenon better than I having studied this. It's people are much more willing to risk to grow than to risk to lose, this idea of loss aversion. So once people have built a nest egg that they really find valuable, there's probably a shift in their mentality about maintaining that versus when they're trying to acquire assets and their willingness to be risky and and kind of growing their net worth.
0: Wow, you have a lot of insight. That's absolutely true. Going through the changes with our clients, uh, psychologically, their, their ideas around money from, taking risks to acquire it again, get, take, making sacrifices to build it. Now, all of a sudden, to a different mode. When a client retires, you know, either leaves a, a, a career or sells a business, their their view of money and their ideas about what's important to them have changed a lot. And believe it or not, it's, it's, discom- it's uncomfortable for them. Mm-hmm. So again, we help to embrace new models. In the area of psychology, it's called reframing. Uh, In the area of cognitive psychology, it's called acceptance and commitment therapy. Uh, I'm not a psychologist, but my background and training obviously is there. And we help clients to now reframe and view their money differently. And it is definitely more of a preservation mode.
1: Right. And it's all relative. Uh, Your experience, again, deeper than mine, but people can have X amount and they can feel they're rich and other people can have that plus more and they can feel like, they're not, they're not rich enough yet or they are you know could lose it. And so there's a lot, that I'm sure that your phone rings and there's been so much over the past year plus changes in how money is viewed and the cost of money and the market performance. It's just, it's a never ending opportunity for you to provide customer service in your team, I have to believe, Nicholas.
0: It really is, thank you. We dig very deeply. And what I've found, it's not about how much you have, it's how you use it. Uh, the quality of your life is really predicated on how making the best with your money, how to have your money best serve you. It really matters not how much a person has. You said it clearly. It's a matter of how you use it. How can you have your money best serve you and your heart and your family and whatever your values really are? When I ask someone, and I, I don't get go there right now, but when I ask someone, what are your values? Most people can kind of you know throw out a few. Oh, my family's important. My community's important. I, I believe in being part of Um, you know, the church, the environment, whatever that that value is, that's too loosey-goosey. What we do is we dig much deeper. We have tools, of course, for it. And we help our clients identify more clearly what's most important in their heart of hearts and then how their money is going to serve those values the best. Mm -hmm. And to your point, it's that's what we do more than managing, you know, beta and alpha, although that has to be done.
1: So so as you're speaking, I'm thinking, well, you're helping them to align themselves, and I'm not sure if that at all had anything to do with how you named your your wealth advisory. But I, I kind of came that imagery came to mind really without even realizing that is your firm's name.
0: Oh my gosh! So in my mid 50s, I I don't want to say I was in a midlife crisis, but I hired a, a consultant from New York, an incredibly well referred uh, individual that came uh, originally from Italy. Came and he shadowed me for 10 days, 10 working days, two weeks. And he took notes and he took notes. And I'm like, what is he take notes for? What are you doing? And he uh, watched and observed me. And we sat down after that for another few days and helped to formulate uh, uh, the best direction for branding for my firm. My firm for 30 years was Nicholas Irizarry Wealth Management Group. OK, but we decided, to your point, that alignment was what I was talking about all the time. I, that's what I was doing unconsciously. Now I'm very conscious of what align means. Most people, Rick, this is going to sound really harsh at first, but when you it's soft when you hear about the way I approach it. Most people live lives of quiet discontentment. Uh, Thoreau said it was quiet desperation, Henry David Thoreau. What I've noticed is that a lot of the folks, they're super wealthy financially. They have a lot of assets, but they usually have acquired and, and, and brought, come about having those assets through mutually excluding something else in their life. Quite often, they put on the shelf, they deferred some of the most important parts of their life for the sake of the money. And they got in such a habit of doing that, that now they don't even know how to to use the money they've acquired with all that mutual exclusion. And so what we do is we want to find out what they have, if they have mutually excluded. And it takes, I hate to say it, like a session or two to identify what someone really wants to accomplish when they sit with me. Just today, I had a meeting like that. And the, the person was ultra wealthy, ultra wealthy. And when we sat, we found out that his only concern was what if something should happen to him for Mm -hmm. his wife, right? She's not interested in managing money. They don't have a go-to. That's what I am. I'm a go-to. I don't manage stocks and bonds anymore on Wall Street. I manage relationships and I save people from themselves. (laughs) Isn't that funny? So our our, our tendencies are to do the wrong thing by default. This is terrible. This is gonna sound awful. But the reason why a lot of us don't actually find and, and realize our dreams, the realize reason why we have idealities or ideals in our lives that are not realities is because we're not aligned with the behavior patterns that get us there. You know, I've always wanted to be organized. I've, I've always wanted to be organized, Nick, but I'm, I'm not organized. So my next question would be, we back. Well, what about being organized is important to you? Of course, that's the first question we asked as a, as a counselor, as a coach, right? Well, I want to be organized because I feel like I'd be more clear-headed and I'd be able to focus on some of the other things I'd like to do. Mm. I understand that. So then we go from there and we start to dig deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper with all kinds of training. Sandler, S-A-N-D-L-E-R. Sandler is a psychotherapist. I took all the Sandler training that a person could take <laughs> prior to getting my, my background in, in behavioral finance. And Sandler is all about the psychoanalytical approach to, in, in this case, solving solutions for people. And so that's what we do.
1: That's so interesting. I wish we had more time to delve with you, Nicholas. But I wonder if you could talk to me a little bit about the future. Where where, where do you see Align Wealth Advisors going? What's going to be different? What's your vision for the future?
0: Thank you for asking. So this is just my humble opinion. 34 years of doing this day in, day out. I'm very devoted to my career and my clients. Very, very strong relationships. I find that the world that we're in right now, is bringing on more and more and more uncertainty. I find more disconnection with the use of AI and technology, which by the way, I love, and we need to leverage it. But I find more disconnection with people because of that. And I see more of a need then to make sure we focus on people first and understand what people connection really means. Because if we're not careful, we will end up losing that connectivity that we need as a society. And, and so what i mean by that is some of the most heinous crimes in the world are connected by are, are committed by people that are disconnected people who have been uh, unfortunately stripped away from their parents at six months old and now they're they're disconnected they're, they have a, a disorder and that disorder is really what we're seeing candidly within our intention of solving problems and being smart and being quick so i see an ever more increasing need for human connection so that we're not disassociated so that we are associated that we are connecting that we are seeing all the importance of being heartfeltly connected to people and i see that's where the future is going i think people are becoming more aware of it it's a niche but some people are like whoa i don't feel right i just don't feel connected Mm -hmm. yeah that's because you're you're not connected so now it's time to get more connected and find out what connection really means which by the way is more of a heart phenomenon from an electromagnetic vibrational perspective than it is a financial and analytical one Hmm.
1: very interesting so if you would if someone would like to find your firm online or connect with you how how do you say where should they go how do they do that
0: oh gosh i think the easiest way to find me is just to type in align a l i g h n uh, wealth advisors no spaces that's us align wealth advisors We're in Laguna Hills, California. My clients span all over the United States. Right Mm -hmm. after this meeting, I have a client meeting with folks in Hawaii. They work for the central government. They are environmental scientists working Mm -hmm. on a very big project relating to global warming, as a matter of fact. We are all over the country. Now the new norm is virtual, like you and I right now. The new norm is virtual. So anybody can find me. Nicholas Irizarry, that's a hard spelling. That's easy to find (laughs) me that way as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm only interested in real relationships. I have lasting relationships, 25, 30-year relationships. I go three generations deep now with my clients. Nice. That's difficult. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of, like you said, communication. Everybody communicates on a different level completely.
1: Well, well, I've thoroughly enjoyed the time we've spent together. Thank you for being a guest on Critical Mass Business Talk Show.
0: Thank you, Rick. I really appreciate the time as well. Thank the
1: audience. You've been a part of Orange County's longest-running business talk show. Nicholas's interview is now a part of our catalog of over 1,400 interviews. If you happen to be an Orange County entrepreneur with a story to tell, then reach out to me. I'm Rick, R I C, Franzi, F R A N Z I, on LinkedIn. Coincidentally, that's also our company's website, rickfranzi.com. And uh, we can schedule you potentially for a future interview on our show. And until the next time we all have a chance to be together, here's hoping that all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction.